Madeline Quigley. And I'm Emily Quinn. And this is Young and Bereaved, a podcast about grief. an actual milk bar cookie because this is clearly a pre-packaged i mean the flavor is right it isn't just like a pre it's it's different than a normal pre-packaged sugar cookie like there's a there's something yeah they have a specific flavor to like all of their stuff and this definitely has it but i feel like the texture of a cookie in person is always going to be better also I feel like they tried so hard to make it moist that they're stuck together. Did you have that issue with yours? I literally thought that's what they were supposed to be. I thought it was a cookie sandwich. So yes, <laughs> yours were yours were glued together. Yeah. Is what we can deduce the whole time. I told you I got this cookie from the Mother's Day section at mm-hmm. Target. Yeah, they have them at um, Giant Eagle. Really, I've walked past them so many times. Yeah, I bought another flavor, and that flavor was. Um, I opened the box and one of the cookies in it was open. And I thought, <gasps> I'm not going to eat that. No. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> Didn't stop me from eating this flavor, but... <laughs> of course not. But I thought I deserved... What flavor was it? A um, cornflake one. Ooh. I yeah. really like cornflakes. Yeah, me too. Cornflakes are super underrated. Mm-hmm. So if you guys were wondering if the, those prepackaged milk bar cookies are good... And that's our podcast. And that's it. <laughs> this is the Milk Bar Show. I should text Alex and tell him tell we're him recording. What? <laughs> oh, I was going to tell I brought him a cookie. He can come oh, get a cookie. okay. Or I made sure that we had enough. Psst. I brought you a cookie. Or it's technically two, but Quinn thought it was one. She thought it was a sandwich. I ate it. She thought one. it was a sandwich with nothing in it. What are these? Milk Bar... Confetti cookies. Is it like a thing? Alex, our first episode is up, but I didn't even know it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Not on iTunes, though. Not on iTunes, though, because they're like making it pretty. Okay, well, who uses iTunes anymore, anyways? I listen to podcasts on the Apple Podcasts. Do you listen to them on Spotify? Okay. Spotify exclusively. I don't. I just have always had a bad time with like Apple, the Apple experience. I want you to know my experience is poor. <laughs> it's not a good experience, but I'm so it's just what you do. There was like a year and a half where it wouldn't update and I had to like search yeah. the show and it was stuck on like October 2018, I remember. I just remember every Christmas like getting an Apple product and being so excited and then the next like 48 hours were spent in chaos trying to figure out how to get my old music on it and figuring out my password because I can never remember it. And I thought you were going to say the next 48 hours they came out with a new version of what I just bought. No, no. I was usually pretty satisfied. I had a lime green iPod mini, I think. Keep that. We could probably get our podcast on it. it. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be amazing to see that little box on it? Do you not still have it? I doubt i mean it might be in the junk drawer at home but i don't know i haven't laid eyes on it in a while so i'm not sure it was like bright lime 2007 green God. like lizzie mcguire green shade of my bedroom green oh i know it well what an era we didn't know how good we had it <laughs> i was we were listening to podcasts in those days because we both listened to Mugglecast. oh my god that's like it yeah that that's like it 
my OG podcast experience. And after that, I pretty much fell off. I didn't really start listening to podcasts again until this last year. The good thing about podcasts back in the day was that, like, there were no rules. Like, you didn't have to be, like, snippy and, like... Mm -hmm. Or snappy would well, probably be Well, it's like people meant- who did YouTube early on and then just became famous because they had been YouTubers since day one. Like Very if you few were, of those, though. But if you were in on the ground floor of podcasts, you really didn't have to, like, try that hard to now be very successful. Whereas now the market is so saturated. Like, it, how could you even ever become a famous YouTuber at this point? Yeah, I don't know how you'd become a famous YouTuber. I think you'd have to become a famous TikToker first. And even that fame is so ephemeral. You know why? Because the TikTok is like, that's the genre. Is, is, like, you can't be long-term famous because of TikTok. I just love you throwing in ephemeral in here. Okay. Yeah, I like I like SAT words. Uh, yeah, I've zoned out everything else you said after you said ephemeral. <laughs> I was like, she just said ephemeral. <laughs> uh, so I had to point it out. I mean, yeah, like, it's a saturated market, and we're here talking for five minutes about milk bar cookies and iPod Nanos, so... Oh, sorry. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they won't accept yeah. us right away. They I, I, clearly have something new to offer yo, to the iTunes, marketplace. Why are you stalling? This I thought is capitalism is about innovation. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> when this podcast shoots to the top of the charts because of... <laughs> and people go back and start at episode one and two, as they always do. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do always I do that. I do always do that. I like, think my it, favorite murder, I started at the very beginning. It's pretty chaotic to just jump into a podcast. The <laughs> but there are people the who end. do that. No. Yes. Not everybody is like us. Alex. Believe it or not. Yeah. Would you jump into a podcast at the end? Like, wouldn't you start at the beginning? I just know how rough they are, like, at the beginning. True. That's why I didn't watch season one of Drag Race. Yeah, I still haven't watched. I want to well, see it when it's they, already They polished. don't have them anywhere. Right. So you can't find them. They've been, them. like, wiped. Like, you can buy Like that them. Disney movie about periods. Wait, what? what? Come on. Disney made, a, Disney made a movie about menstruation, and uh, it was, like, shown real. in schools for, like, this a very limited amount of time, and then they pulled it, and then oh, you can't, you can't it find it anywhere. Oh, it was educational? Yeah, but they they like scrubbed it from the face of the earth because it was gone. wrong. Yeah, was it like wrong? The story of menstruation oh, and sex negatives. Nineteen forty six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's been scrubbed because that shit is probably the most toxic thing. Nineteen forty six, like World War Two has just ended and they're coming in hot with a period movie. Mm-hmm. Is it like Mickey Mouse? No. <laughs> No, no, out. it's just made by Disney. It's hey, the, the, the ovaries are the ears. <laughs> that sounds like if Miley Cyrus. My Mickey, my choice. <laughs> when we become popular, that's a shirt we'll start selling. <laughs> I really hope that people go back and listen to this. I mean, listen to these two golden episodes. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to our own podcast if I didn't have to edit it. Yeah. It's like actors watching their own movies. They don't. Josh Hutcherson's never seen The Hunger Games. That's probably fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, this, we can interject, but I realize there's two things I cut out because the way the audio, it just didn't fit in. What? Which was, one, this podcast is not a substitute for professional <laughs> advice. We should probably restate that. We then. should restate that and I can edit this in. So this is me editing it in. This podcast is not professional advice. And also shouting out Cassidy. Shout out real quick 
because you've seen our beautiful it's the reason cover you clicked art. on it it's the reason you clicked it's on so it. enticing it's so engaging it's so gorgeous well that's because it was made by our dear friend cassidy layton who is a ux ui designer and an actor and a great friend and she uh, has a dog named Pastrami, and we love her so much. This, thank you, Cassidy. This artwork is just beyond, and thank you so much. Yeah, it's Cassidy. exactly what I wanted. You, uh, we know you're impressed. We don't have to like. I don't have to hype up the cover art. You saw it. It's awesome. It's so it's, it's profesh. And she's linked in the app. Yeah. Notes. And check her out. Check her out. Well, hey. Okay. Should we introduce ourselves? Uh, oh yeah, um, we're back. Hello. I'm glad you stuck around for part two. Or dove into part two straight away like, like a, a maniac. maniac. Hi, I'm Madeline Quigley. I'm Emily Quinn. You can just say Quinn if you want. Yeah, I think I'm going That's to. That's fine. Maddie and Quinn, here we are. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to go by Maddie, I'm going to be honest. Oh, you want me to call you Madeline? I don't want you to call me Madeline. Can I call you? What do you what? What do I call you? Oh man! I, I mean, I always called you Quigs before. Yeah, you can call, I just feel like on I wouldn't introduce myself on a podcast as Maddie. Okay. This is so fucking boring, and we had this conversation in the first episode. I cannot <laughs> allow it to be part of episode two. But here we are. Thanks everyone for listening or not to episode one, and mm-hmm. now we are here, episode two. We just deliberated. But we've decided that we want to keep moving chronologically to some degree. Uh-huh. And so um, your first idea um, was to now move into sort of just like a description or what comes to mind we, when we think about the early stages, which I we're both still in. Like, you know, big yeah. picture. But the early stages of the early stages, like of what we've experienced so far, because it has shifted and evolved so much already in this amount of time that we can look back and say like this is a feeling I was having back then that has faded since or that has changed in in this way since I I think a lot of early stage grief is like just trying to make sense of it and while I'm still like really sad and more or less depressed about the entire situation I have made sense of it personally I don't know how I'm a year out. I don't know if everyone could say that a year out, but I feel like at least I have some understanding of it's, the grief that I didn't have initially. Yeah, it's like giving it context and like finding a place for it on the shelf of your life yeah. so that you're not just like carrying it all the time because that's yeah. what it is in the beginning. It's just like everything and it colors everything. At the beginning, I was incapacitated, couldn't do anything. Like, going to Costco felt like a huge accomplishment. Oh, my God. One of the reason that early stage grief is so incapacitating is because it is all these really big truths yeah. all at once. Yeah. It is just, like, so For the first much time. shoved down your throat yeah. all at once. Everything is shifting. You're assuming a different role in your life and yeah. the lives of everybody around you. People think of you differently. People look at you differently. It's like a... a so it's it's something flips. Like you enter this new reality immediately. And you're kind of... Immediately. Like in the space of a literal heartbeat, 
everything yeah. in your life changes. It's trippy. It really is. In the beginning, it was all consuming for me, but it was like just the fact that it was like, your mom is gone. Like just that fact I was just thinking about. It was just that thought in my head repeatedly. It, I said it was like I was wearing VR goggles that just said in size like 3000 font, your mom oh, yeah. is dead over I, my eyes. I and loved everywhere I looked, it was just like the words, your mom is dead. We should have Cassidy like make that. Make those VR <laughs> goggles. Yeah. That's just your mom is dead goggles. It's uh, like that's what I felt like I was wearing for. I think I took them off in January. But I think the font got smaller mm. between when my mom it's died like a in subtitle. May. It became more like a subtitle by the end. And but for really up until like September, my mom died in May. It was like size like almost couldn't see around it font. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I just retreated so hard so fast and I've been like trying to claw my way back to the surface this whole time I feel like I've got like very I just went into autopilot like immediately because I knew that there was a lot of responsibility coming um yeah and I knew that I was gonna have to bear a lot of it and so there was just so much to be done like there's so much to be yeah, done so when someone dies. Done. It's criminal. Like it is yeah. so insane. All the paperwork and all yeah, the loose the decisions. ends. The decisions. Also the people who t- try to take advantage. Like me and my dad yeah. have both gotten calls from scammers. Like it's just, yeah. Like there's a whole industry built around scamming recently bereaved what? family members, especially older people to like scam money oh, out of no. them. Yeah, no, it's real. It's a real thing. There's actual human beings who spend their time doing that. Um, Ugh. Is there a documentary on that? <laughs> there should be. So I just, I don't know. And I like really struggle with that. Cause I just feel like a robot. Like I just, so you're, it makes you me think... feel like I need to defend how much I love my mom. Like I know how much you, I love yeah, my mom. Yeah. You've said that a couple times since like you're saying like you went into robot mode and then you kind of are still trying to get out of it. Yeah, it's like really hard to boot back up. It's like when you haven't turned on a car all winter and you like expect the engine to roar to life right away in the springtime. And it's like, it, that's not how it works. Yeah, you gotta get some cables. You gotta, yeah, you gotta take it and out then for... You, you gotta drive it around the block. Right. Okay, let's, I feel like, rewind. Okay. And let's go and actually talk about the early reality like, let's of it. just like what it was in. for each of us yeah i'm i'm coming up on a year mm-hmm. my mom died on may 2nd um 2020 and it is the end of april now first i want to say in my opinion it does get better and people said that to me and i wanted to punch them and because i knew i was like i'm never going to get over this and mm-hmm. that's correct i will never get over it that's not the objective but that's not the objective i will i did i have learned to carry it better I am now in a comfortable place with carrying it a year out. Mm -hmm. I still hate the situation. I still wish my mom was here. But you're living. But I'm living. And I didn't think a lot of that is, I think the the year doesn't allow for a solution, but it allows time to reframe and and gain, gain understanding and gain compassion and gain just a bigger picture of humanity and life. Yeah. So those first couple weeks I think are like 
you know that meme of that woman with like the math problems in front of her yeah. eyes? I feel like that's what yeah. you're living in because you're like trying to make sense of all these different yeah. things at once yeah, and you're sure. just like this confused. And everyone around you is just like doing their daily life tasks like when you said you went where did you go Costco like when me and my dad went to Target like the week of and I was like I feel like I walked into Target and everybody could like smell it on me but that's just not how the world works like it's just a weird time and I guess it's really really different for anyone yeah I just think it what it really was was a 24-7 real of my mom is gone and then trying to like a math problem make sense of what that statement meant and that was like an exhausting full-time job to the point where like getting up in the morning was a challenge because I was so all consumed with understanding this Mm -hmm. new reality this new truth like everything I pick up I'd be like oh my mom touched this one yeah like oh, like, I'm going over here. My mom used to sit here. Like, everything I did and everything felt like I would save, like, an old receipt or, like, anything just to feel close. But also, at the same time, I was, like, confused and, like, in a daze Mm because I was, like, both honoring them and thinking about them, but then, like, it was, like, in the back of my head a math problem was going on all the time. Like, when your computer's running slow... Running something in the background. yeah, Yeah, it is exactly, like... Your computer's running slow because it's running a program in the background. And the program, or because you've got 900 tabs open. Or because you have 900 <laughs> tabs open. Either one. And all of those are like, that's the grief of like trying to totally. rationalize. Like trying to rationalize this new reality is always like processing totally. in the background. So like you aren't at 100. But all the like, stakes in your life change. Like everything is so much more dramatic the stakes are so much higher. I have anxiety like I've never had before, just like waiting for the next bad thing to happen, mm-hmm. which they do mm-hmm. keep happening. Yeah, they do keep happening. <laughs> you don't really get a pass after one happens. It's weird that you have this anxiety because on the flip side, I don't have that at all. I'm not at all worried that about... That is weird. No, I, and I'm an anxious person, but I and don't really chill. wonder. You're chill about everything I'm stressed about. Yeah, it's here. just like a passive, like... I, like, go about my life and think about how many ways there are to die. Like, it's just, like, in my mind all the time. Really? Yeah. Like, I feel like a kid. Like, that's what I felt like since July, is I felt like a child version of myself. Without their mommy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like she, like, left me up at the register at the supermarket, and now it's my turn. Yeah. But I was in, like, business mode for the majority of, like, early... Yeah, you really were. And I, I mean, it's... We'll go into that more. Like, yours was unique because you were living somewhere else. Well, that's definitely part of it. I had to move home from New York City back to Pittsburgh. And I had just signed a lease in June. And then my mom died in July. So I had to... Well, my roommates found a subletter, which was very, very nice of them in the middle of a pandemic. And it ended up working out fine. And she has the same first name as my mom, which was kooky. Oh, really? Yeah, Brenda. Like, how often do you hear a Brenda our age these days? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I had to pick up all my shit, pick up my life, pick up my cat, and come back to Pittsburgh. And it was just like a thousand different transitions and plates shifting in my life and... So I just think it was just too much. There, and like, so your early stage grief was really like you were going through all of that, and then you went a bit more like business mode. You're saying, well, yeah, because I was like, okay, how can I 
take care of my dad mm-hmm. was where all my energy was going. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent of it. Um, so you were, and attending. it sounds like you were much more focused on your, your, the implications of the loss for your life. Whereas I yeah. was very focused on the implications of the loss for my dad's life. And so that's what I was trying to wrap my head around. And it feels like I'm only just starting to get to what it means for me personally. You even, I think, knew that at the time. You were kind of, when I asked you about it at the time, you were like, I'm not even thinking about it for me. I'm just, like, trying to get yeah. stuff done. I'm just, like, trying to help my dad. I'm just trying to move mm-hmm. back. Like, I'm just trying to make decisions mm-hmm. and take care of everyone. And it feels like now that a lot of those decisions have been made, I am getting more to a space of freedom with myself. And there's room now, which, like, I have enjoyed the, the robotic. Yeah portion of this experience Mm -hmm. because it's like it is too much but um i i do have moments now and so this this is what i am getting at with like images coming to mind for this this segment this several week month portion of my life is the the pictures in my head of a house of an absence of the absence of my mom in our house and what that looks like physically because it was very obvious Mm -hmm. um she had she had filled up um you know, her coffee cup with her water for the Keurig for the next morning, like she would every night. Every night she would fill up her coffee cup. And we'd let it sit there until it all evaporated. Neither of us touched it. So her coffee cup was sitting there until all the water that she had planned to drink in her coffee the next morning was gone. And it took weeks and weeks for it to be gone. And then I put it back into the cabinet. She had a canister of Pringles on her side table next to her workstation that was like half eaten and we let that sit there for months. It was mm-hmm. like the little things of the last mm-hmm. the last daily habits that she had put into motion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um that those were those are like the little vignette um pictures I, I see in my head when I think about that. And it was just everywhere I turned that time we got um two packages in the mail of stuff that she had ordered. Yeah. We got these little... um, Oh my god, the packages of the stuff they ordered. Yeah, isn't that sick? Uh, Oh, it's sick. We were like, God, I hope there's not another. Like, two was too many. She got these, um, you know, like can-shaped glasses. Like a mason jar? No, they're shaped like a can. Is there a lid? No, it's glass. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sell them at, like, breweries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was four of them, and they all had frosted cues. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I drank all of her remaining um, black cherry Trulies because they were her favorite. And she had so many left and I hate them, but I finished them. Uh, those are like the one of the worst hangovers <laughs> I've had in the past five years specifically came from black cherry. Really? Yeah. I'm... They were her favorite. She has, uh, she was better hydrated than me because uh, those things fried, like. I just need to sniff this candle. I've been staring at it the whole time. Oh, it's my favorite. This smells like Christmas without the Christmas. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's why I like it so much. It's Christmas, but minus the Christmas. That's good. Cedar firewood. So, so sadness. <laughs> Let's bring it down a couple notches, folks. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. I mean, I had, I didn't have to do this, but I was just like doing things to do things. But I went around the house and I gathered up 
all of her pill bottles because she was t- on so many medications. So many, you guys. Um, I don't know how she did it. I really don't. And she yeah. like, knew what every God. single one of them did and which ones interacted which, with which other ones. And she was just a wizard. Like, she really was. And I went around the house and I gathered all of her medications from all the different rooms. And it, I kid you not, an entire cloth tote bag, a whole tote bag Ugh, was filled just with prescriptions with her name on them. My um, boss at the restaurant that I worked at in New York, Erin, who I love, um, her mom passed when she was around our age. And she's, I think, like 33 now. Mm. So a couple years doing? ahead. Um, she's doing great. Mm-hmm. She's, like, a badass. She's such a good manager. She mm-hmm. runs that restaurant in Midtown, like, nobody's business. Um, and so she was one of the first people who reached out to me. And her number one word of advice was, um, grief is going to make you do and say things that you would never otherwise expect from yourself. And I didn't know what that meant but I believed her mm-hmm. and it it did mm-hmm. it did I, I really did some things that I never would have thought it it just changed the way my brain worked yes. and it changed the way I rationalized situations and decision making and the stakes were so so different like my scales were all off yes and I, I would look at, after making a decision, I would look at myself from the outside and be like, why did you do that? Like, everybody can see that they would have done something differently in that situation. And I thought I would have, too. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I remember telling friends, like, I feel like I'm going to do something that is going to hurt you or, or like, that's just where my mind went. Mm, oh. And I was, like, so scared yeah. of, of how it was going to manifest because I knew that she was right I think people more or less understand that and try Mm. to good I mean not good people that's not fair but I think the people surrounding you closely that might be the target of something like that more or less right get it yeah I was banking on that yeah I agree with you you're like when does the grace period end you know you wonder right but I would also say soak up the grace period. Like, if you don't feel like answering someone or not Oh, my doing God. It, you just, have the best excuse just in don't, the world. Just don't. You're fine. Yeah. Just just do what you want. Right. I, um, of that, you do things that you wouldn't do or you do things that you didn't think you would do or say. I would just, I think a big part of going through grief is in the process you very much become a different person there's yeah a lot of shades of your old self mm. but to cope with this, this new world you very much change mm. like i think the reason i'm so m- much more okay now is because i'm not the person i was a year ago absolutely i'm a very different person you now. transform you really transform, and that's how you're able to carry it better. And that transformation is painful. So in the process, yes, you're going to like do and say things that this new version, you're, this new version has new priorities. 
This new mm-hmm. version of you doesn't care about things that really used yeah. to matter. This new person might not have interests that line up with your old interests. And that might upset people. Uh, it will definitely upset people outside of you, and it might confuse you. Yeah. But and you I, are it, literally becoming a new person. You're, you're shedding a snake skin. You're, you're shedding a snake skin. Yeah. Or you're coming out of your chrysalis and uh, spreading your wings. Do you feel like you've covered... Like, is there anything else you'd want to say on how your early stage grief I mean, was like? It's going to continue to come back to me in flashes over the next couple of years. Because, yeah. like, we were living through trauma in those first couple weeks. Yes. And so your memory shuts down because you're trying to literally survive as a person. It's just, like, basic instincts. Um, so there are definitely... I mean, it's it's blurry. Like, I, I have those pictures, like, what I, what I told you oh, in my brain. Oh, okay. But between that, it's it's smeared. Like, it all runs together. It's hard for me to pick out individual moments. Like, it just was a fucking quagmire of being in my childhood home with my dad. Just trying... Literally, it was moment to moment. It Quite is literally. so moment to moment. Yeah. That's a really good way to put And now it. it's a little more day to day. But then it was like, what is going to happen in this next moment? right now that I remember my best friend pointed that out like she said that someone asked how I was doing and she was like it's no longer minute to minute I'd say it's more hour to hour yeah. now yeah and like that was a big accomplishment when it when it went from being minute to minute mm-hmm. from minute to minute to hour to hour and then to day to day and I think it's still day to day I don't know if it ever really goes much further than yeah, day to day you're I think, right yeah I think that's all you can really hope for in life. I don't think we're going to graduate to week to week. And I don't think life is like meant to be really lived like that. I think you really should just take life day by day. Yeah. Like, I can't worry about what my grief is going to be like next week. There's no point in that. Mm-hmm. I just got to work on what it is today. I, I also think the early stages, I those first two weeks felt longer than like the past that is a literal black hole in my mind like i really? can't even access you don't it ac- okay besides planning the service no the first the way i just remember being like each day felt like i deserved a medal for having gotten mm-hmm. through it i was like another day like it's been three days now oh it's been four days I can't believe there now. was a time when it had been three days five days like every day I felt like I deserved a badge for getting through and you it you did and you do yeah one last thing I wanted to talk about that like really consumed me a lot of the time and almost kind of made me angry in the beginning was how quickly everybody else seemed to make the change from is to was the switching uh, yeah. of tenses that happens immediately. It's like there's no grace room. Yeah, that's so frustrating. And it made me desire a, a middle tense. A tense in progress. You know? Yes! Like, the, the transition from is to was is... There's no overlap wow. there. There's no, there has to be an overlap. That's really what I'm looking for because I'll speak about her in the present tense still t- sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I will do, I've already done that in this show and I will do that in this show because the influence that she had on me, has on me, has on is you, yeah. ever present. You know, like I am of her, therefore some of her still exists and she is not all was to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you said that very well. Thank you. 
Yeah, it is. And and even things like I still call it my parents' house. It's like I'm not gonna call it. So actually, something I've done is when I'm talking to strangers, I'll say my dad's house, and then I don't have to like, I they can just assume for themselves. Like they'll ne- they'll never ask about my mom. Yeah, I need no. I just like don't want to call it my dad's. Like it's my parents' house. Like yeah, no. It's come up with awkward situations where yeah. people think my mom's alive, and I haven't really had a good way to handle that. <laughs> There are people that think my mom's alive that I need to, like, somehow work it in, but... Yeah. I think we should try and give some tips. (laughs) This is not a professional advice podcast. (laughs) Let's be very clear about that. Let's be very clear about that. This is not a substitute for professional advice. And, in fact, my first tip would be professional advice. Yeah. Getting into therapy, ASAP. Because my first thought is something that I had no idea how to do, and to some extent I'm still figuring out. I would have just, like, taken myself by the cheeks and said, take care of yourself. Like, as best as you can, whatever you can do in a day, Mm -hmm. to take care of you, yourself, instead of another person, for one moment in each day, like, that's going to get you far because I the way that I lived it I I trampled on myself for the first couple months like I just ran myself dry physically mentally emotionally and yeah that's but I I needed a therapist to help me figure out how to do that how to get there how to take care of yourself yeah how to like not feel guilty about prioritizing Mm. myself I would definitely say uh journaling and writing um yeah even if just to record what's happening for sure it because it will help you when you read it back one day and realize you're in a different place it can be very like woke up at this time ate this did this like it doesn't have to be lyrical i think it my biggest early stage grief advice would be for me, what helped me, and I had the opportunity to just really sink in to my grief. I was more or less alone. I lived alone for the first, um, from uh, May when my mom passed to November. So I don't know how long that is, six months maybe, almost? It's a, it's six months. So I lived alone for the first six months, and I just like sank into yeah. that. That definitely colors the experience. I just every I just didn't avoid it. I was like, I'm not going to go around this grief. I'm not going to go over this grief. I'm not going to go under this grief. I'm going through it. And I just went through it. I just sank into it and felt it. And that's why I think I feel like what I can say now is that I'm not over it. I just understand it a lot better. And I just try to examine. Like I said, in the background, it felt like I was doing a like physics problem in the back of my Mm -hmm. head trying to rationalize all these things and it's like that's what I did I worked on the physics problem I feel like I worked on the physics problem so that I now have some sort of rational idea about what this is and what this means and what this means for my life and so that's why I say go through it if you can and if that's what you want and also not everyone has that privilege to do so and not everybody that's not going to be what helps everyone but I think for me, just really leaning fully into the sadness. And I remember the six-week mark being, like, a really big moment. I think I, it's the first six weeks, you're just, like, figuring out what's going on. 
Like you're like yeah, thrown. You're in, a, well, you're in a new world. Yeah, you're literally thrown in a new universe, and you're just trying to like wait. Where am I? What's going on? How yeah. is this? What that is the feeling for the first six. Yeah, weeks. it is. And then finally, you're like, okay, I'm still hor. I feel horrible, but I'm it's not like, like being like, caught in the riptide, and you're just being like fucking tumble dry. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's literally what it is for six weeks. You're like, well, what is going I don't even... And it's like, that's why I'm like, what do you do in Riptide? You don't fight it. You just, like, go along with it. You go limp. And I would... Another really good early grief tip was I just fully watched a lot of Impractical Jokers. Aww. Me and my dad loved that show. My mom loved it, too. We would watch it all together. Because your mom has excellent taste. (laughs) She does. And because, like I said, hours were excruciatingly long, and if you're just trying to get the data pass, don't, no shame in doing whatever no. it is you need to do to get the data pass. And if that's watching five hours of Impractical Jokers, oh that's God, watching that's, five hours. That's, that's a good way to that's pass a good, that I time. still do that now and I'm yeah. not in that place. They're fucking funny. Um, so just if you need to kill time doing stuff. And with that, if you need to get out of your head, I found keeping my hands really busy and that's how I got into gardening I'm hugely into gardening now I went to gardening school I do gardening for my work but I it all really started like I casually gardened and my mom had been a big gardener so I gardened with her but I got like full time Mm -hmm. into it like was doing it for five hours every day right after my mom died and I just this we're talking early stage grief like the day after my mom died I pruned her wisteria because it just it's like if you're doing something with your hands, I feel like there's like two parts to your brain. There's like your brain can run two things at once, you know? And you were it, talking about this with meditation the other day. That's how I feel about meditation is like I really think your brain can focus on two things at once. So I think when you say like, you know, just think about one thing, you can still think about a second yeah. thing. Yeah. So when you're gardening or doing something with your hands, painting, playing music, you're occupying. You're occupying at least one of those things. The other part is still going to be thinking about your dead mom. But if you can distract one, you of changed them, one of the channels. You changed one of the channels, yeah. and that's better than both of them being a hundred percent right. Dead mom. <laughs> that I'm so sick of that. Show. A twenty-four hour <laughs> viewing of your mom is dead on both channels. It's always reruns. It's always reruns. I've seen every episode. I have another tip mm-hmm. that I think helped both of us, which was normalizing suffering. Which I've had no fucking choice. We've had no choice, and I think also I will say I was quite naive and privileged to not have had to personally normalize pain and suffering in that way until my mom died absolutely a lot of people whose whole life has been that and that was part of the process of normalizing pain realizing hey this ain't anything new this might be living in pain living in pain and sadness might be new to you it isn't new to a lot of people there are people raised in death not even just death just like suffering like humanity there's so much suffering i know so normalizing like this isn't doesn't make it any easier but know that this no, is a thing yeah and it i ain't... mean i've said before that relatively speaking our moms had peaceful passings yes like on the scale of it could have been worse we're pretty yeah. we're in a pretty good spot you know and and even that i think helped a lot during the early stages gratitude was the I said it a lot to my brother. Gratitude is 
like the leg I can stand on when I can't get up. And I just think about all the things I can be grateful for. And it really, gratitude really a lot of the time felt like a cane that I could like push myself up on. Like just thinking like, no, it wasn't perfect, but there were a lot of perfect moments in... Saturnian shit. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that just like, I did have so much and I did have so much good time with my Mm -hmm. mom. And there are things I wish hadn't happened, but there I just, I need to remember the things that were good. Yeah. And that is, was a big help. Like when, as soon as I caught myself slipping, I would try to just remember the good things and and the things that I can be grateful for. The beautiful So many people leave off on like terrible terrible last conversations or like people there are so many people who regret their last words to their loved mm-hmm. ones or they leave off in a fight and like I that's something that has choked me up in the past is that I don't remember my last conversation with my mom mm. I'm sure it was just a regular FaceTime mm-hmm. checking in on each mm-hmm. other um but I don't actually remember it because why would I I, mm-hmm. I didn't know it yeah, was gonna exactly. be the last one exactly um but you can think of so many funny moments, jokes that you guys have oh had. Oh my god! You know, we—that's why I don't feel this feel. I don't experience regret. I mm-hmm. and I I don't I don't feel a lot of guilt most most of the time. I have been dipping my toe into the guilt pool a little bit recently, but for the most part, like, water's warm. Get on yeah. it. <laughs> been living here. I pay rent to this but guilt I, pool. I know how that my mom knows how much I loved her and like mm-hmm. we were friends and she yeah is one of the coolest people I have ever known and like will know you know like she and I she knew that like I was so yeah. proud always to introduce her to my friends and to introduce my friends to her because people always ended up loving her and she was just like fun to be around all the time and you know yeah, I would you tell said her that, that from the beginning yeah Okay, were we going to do some wrecks? Let's, let's was wreck this, some I hope shit. this was helpful, guys. Listen. I feel like we said some really good shit there was today. Some, I mean, I'm going to have to Frankenstein it together in, <laughs> in the audio editing. If you want to just write about your person or anything, send us the longest. Hell yeah. Anything. Send pics. Send, pi- send us a pic of your dog, of the sunset that reminded you of them. Send us. I like raccoons, um, cats maybe. Ooh, raccoon and cat hanging yeah. out. Oh, I would love that. Um, bereavedpodcast at gmail.com, please. And just know that time keeps marching forward and it is... And the leaves that are green turn to brown. And then to green again. Yeah. And just like they are now. I guess... You feel frozen in time in the beginning, but it does keep moving. I think just know that like it, it does, time does keep moving and your perception and your thoughts it's will actually change. It's actually scary how much time keeps moving. Yeah. You, do, it, you can't stop. It Still is going, fucking barreling ahead. Barreling ahead. Can't believe it's been a year. Can't believe it's been a year. In the truest sense of not being able to believe something. Like, what does that even mean? And that's, I, I remember thinking, like, when are people going to stop giving me slack? Like, yeah. when do I feel other like people, that now? I'm worried. When do other people stop forgiving my, like, 
forgetfulness and disinterest mm. because of what I've been through. Like when Probably do other people start getting year, frustrated I with you? Like when like I feel like a year is you're Nothing. only starting to get your head around what's even That's happened. It. It's like the first year they're like, oh, it's been a year, but it's like the first year spent figuring out what the problem is that you have <laughs> yeah. to deal with. So it's yeah. like it's not oh like I God. solved it's the problem. The first year is noticing all the gaps that exist now. Yeah, the first year is just. Figuring what out do I need to pave over? The scale of what has yeah. is gone, and yeah. then it's like How coping. They, let's measure this fucking crater. Yeah, that's what the first year is. That you're, physics and you're equation. Doing it, that you're physics. doing it like by inches, by hand, like walking around this crater. And you like don't have a pencil, so you like keep forgetting. <laughs> you keep having to start over. Yeah. Another one hits. Yeah, no, that's like, the first it, year. It that's what that, that is really year. is. The first Fuck. year is. <laughs> That's what the physics equation in the background is, is like trying to find this, the, what and the crater really is. really what it is, is you're in survival mode. Yeah. You are literally in survival mode. Um, okay, so Rex. this was your wreck to me and it was the first, and we've already talked about it, so, but. But it's bare. I mean, it's really, the, it is the place to start. Like, terrible thanks for asking. I would come downstairs every morning and I would boot up my Animal Crossing on my 3DS and I would listen to an episode of terrible thanks for asking and i started at the very beginning and there's like over 100 almost 200 for sure yeah um so i had a lot i had a lot to choose from and that was the only thing even to this day like um when i hear like the beginning music of that podcast i my brain i think of animal crossing right away because it is so connected (laughs) because that's what i would do every morning um but it's the only thing that really made me feel normal and seen because yes everybody on that podcast is experiencing something worse than i have ever been through and i was currently experiencing the worst thing i had ever mm-hmm. been through so it was like all these people coming onto her podcast and she's so lovely and it's like how are you shitty how are you really bad and like that was okay and allowed and you know Misery loves company. That's really what it's got me true. through in the beginning was just hearing about other people's really fucking sad stories, but in a way that was like, we're still living. And that's the whole show. And that people, people endure these things and live. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's what the show and is. And sometimes thrive. Sometimes. But th- sometimes they just live. Or they carry both things. They carry right. happiness and the sadness still. Yeah. Yeah. So terrible. Thanks for asking. That was huge for me. Huge podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, any others that? That's my that's my number one. I would say also what you said there. Video games. I didn't indulge, and now I'm kind of mad that I didn't. It's I think like the video, number one distractor. I think video games would be a really good early grief thing because it's visual entertainment as well as using your hands and like you're engaged the whole time yeah that's better than gardening fuck gardening i should have played. <laughs> you and should have gardened <laughs> virtually oh my god whoa a gardening video game come on farmville what the hell <laughs> i should download or get a facebook again um recommendations i think tv period yeah those i just watched like shows that everyone i watched like the show everyone was talking about oh yeah i think that's a good place to queen's start. gambit yeah like watch just like the it show right now whatever comes whatever netflix wants you to watch probably watch that yeah yeah don't even bother yourself with looking it up just whatever too much energy especially up. now that parks and rec isn't even on netflix anymore so what's the my, point like, number searching? one comfort show 
Um, there was a book I read that I, it, I don't know if it comforted me, but it helped me because, like I said, the beginning is so much just trying to understand what is happening. And this book really eloquently put to words a lot of early thoughts on grief. And because of that, some of it's uncomfortable. Um, but A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. It's mm. like a really famous grief book. But I, I would just say it helps. There were just fr- so many phrases I underlined and tabbed. And they actually, I think, even say that's a good thing to do. Because then later when you reread it, you'll read that and see how you underlined it. And just be like, well, I'm not quite there anymore. Like, like you just yeah. you understand your grief better. When you should you go back in a year and use a different color highlighter. <gasps> Maybe I'll do that for my one year, yeah. my mom's one year death anniversary. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, I would just say, as far as books that stand out, A Grief Observed. Oh, this is the book. Oh my God, I can't believe I almost didn't mention After This by Claire Bidwell Smith. It's my absolute favorite. I still have to read it. I, uh, you gotta text me next time before. When I come over next time, say bring lay books. You okay. have to say lay books, so I'm not bringing them. <laughs> after This by Claire Bidwell Smith, she goes through like what happens after death and just it. I think it's good just to keep an open mind. But uh, in the book, she says something that I think is so brave of her. But she says, I don't know if I would bring... Both of her parents died before she was 25. And she says, I don't know if I I would bring them back if I had to be the person I was before they left. Mm. And I think about that all the time. It's hard to think. I can't... Who even was she? I don't want her her priorities. I don't want her mindset. I don't want that. I was skipping around a dream world before this. Which, like, good for me. Like, yeah, go I'm glad off. you had that I time. Know, like, I love that for me, but I, it's so unrealistic now. I just yeah, can't, you can't just go back to that. that person again. Yeah. Uh, well, I actually think that this was a good episode. I actually think so, too. Let's end with a bit of desperation. <laughs> can we, can you guys please subscribe and rate and, and share and tell your friends specifically your boss's wife i mean yes viewers, specifically specifically your boss's wife um get the word out did, did you want to say anything about the stars why don't we give our big three? Oh, okay scratch that episode not ending wait big three meaning like our sun moon and rising okay <laughs> My sun sign is Leo, and my moon and rising are both Cancer. So there's a thin ego over just a puddle is what (laughs) that is about. (laughs) That's very solar lunar. You're ruled by the sun and moon, which is cute. And you have your moon in the first house, which is also cute. Um, I'm an Aries sun. My birthday was on Wednesday. I'm 26 now. I do not have vision and dental insurance anymore (laughs) um libra moon taurus rising i love my chart and i hate my chart at the same time it's pretty difficult but i think my big three define me pretty well what what is like one thing that in particular that you think defines you about it um something that i that made astrology resonate so much for me when i first started studying a couple months ago is that um, originally when people would ask, you know, what's your sign? They were expecting your rising sign rather than your sun sign. But it's a lot easier to sell sun sign astrology because everybody knows what day they were born, but yeah. not everybody knows what time they were born. Yeah. And that's your rising sign is it can change every two hours during the day. 
but everybody within 30 days has the same sun sign. So writing sun sign horoscopes yeah. in the newspaper, it was a lot easier to sell them. Mm. So that has only changed in like the last hundred-ish years or so. Prior to that, your rising sign was considered to be the most personal and most personally descriptive and observable because your first house, which is your ascendant, which is your rising sign, describes your body. And it is the the way it's calculated is it's the literal point in the chart where the the constellation was rising over the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. So for me, I'm a Taurus rising. Taurus was rising on mm-hmm. the eastern horizon at the time that I was born. For you, it was Cancer. Um, and so that's like that first breath enters your body and you mark mm-hmm. what was rising up into the earth with you. Like what, what was your spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I always struggled to relate to my Aries sun because, like, if you know pop astrology and, like, stereotypical astrology, they're, like, firecrackers. They're very, like, brash and, you have a like, bit of that. toddlery and, like, tantrum-y. And... I won't say you have a bit of that, but... <laughs> but they just are, like, kind of painted as, like, the little kids of the Zodiac sometimes. Very impulsive, very daring, very reckless, very athletic, like sort of a lot of things that I, I feel like I'm, I'm much more mellow Mm -hmm. than like the typical Aries characterization. And that's like totally Taurus. Like, I feel like my, I'm so laid back. Like I, Mm -hmm. I'm, even if there's anxiety under the surface, like I'm very observably a chill person. Like I'm a, a stoner vibes. Like I feel like I come off as much more of a grounded, like anytime I would ask people like what element they think I would bend in Avatar The Last Airbender, even though there are no white people in Avatar The Last Airbender, so dream on, um, people would always say earth. Like nobody was sensing any fire energy in me, even though there's like a lot, I have Aries, Leo and Sagittarius all in my chart and my personal You definitely have a little bit of fire in you. I think it's harder for me to see it. Mm, um, okay. And I see the earth a lot more easily you're definitely very grounded yeah so finding out that taurus was my rising sign made it all click into place a lot more easily for me when you were like when i asked people what sign in avatar the last airbender i would be it's like is that a frequent question of yours every couple years i'll do another survey yeah (laughs) it it hasn't really changed in a while (laughs) that's too good um I like that. I like that as a good intro. You gave some good info. I'm yeah. Like, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Glad to have you back. Really good to see you. Next week, we'll have another sad topic that we can all just hang out. Yeah. And ponder together. Contact us, uh, bereavedpodcast at gmail.com. Say um, hi to your mother for me. Oh, Tell yeah. her you love her. And um, Quinn is good on the gram it's at bereaved podcast and she does a a really good job on there so you should i did make yeah, a I just video. got just got my second post up second post up. I'm, I, a, I'm a wizard she's a her her she's a very artsy style you guys I'm, yeah I well i'll figure intrigued. it out i'll figure it out you'll you'll get there okay well thanks for listening love you guys love you bye bye, bye.